Listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Listen to On the Road on the Australian Big Rigs Radio Roadshow and via podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and now also on iHeartRadio. Just search for On the Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. Welcome back to On The Road. It's always great to have your company and we really appreciate you taking the time to listen in each week. Thanks to all of you who've sent us emails of encouragement, whether it's a bouquet or a brickbat, we look forward to your emails and calls. Keep them coming. This week, Mike and I do a duet, or should that be a trio, with Tracy Chapman. We go head-to-head on the controversial new NHVR Fatigue Choices campaign on the road news as always, something to talk about and a great song from the slide guitar queen Bonnie Raitt. There's never a dull moment on the road, so jump on board and come along for the ride with us. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. This is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. You know, Mike and I work hard to bring you a consistently polished and professional show. What you don't hear is all the goof-ups, the bloopers and the fluff that ends up, figuratively speaking anyway, on the editing studio floor each week. Exposing our flaws and idiosyncrasies, here's the other side of Mike and Andy with a bit of help from Tracy Chapman. Uh, The first thing that comes to mind is the, the, uh, 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 um, you know, and all that sort of stuff. That's easy for you to say, Mike. All that you can say. Um, you know, of, uh, 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 <laughs> oh, hang on, mate, sorry. Um, that, uh, words don't come easily. Yes, no, I'm, yeah, I, I, yeah. You probably can't say that, can you? Yeah, no, yeah, no, sort of a bit of a, in so far, I mean, in the, oh, well, I know we've got, I know that. I mean, this is why, as I say, this is why we've had, we've had, we've had, I mean, we've, and all the rest of it now. But, um, you've got no idea, mate, I, I've, I've been... <laughs> You're still recording. Are you there? I will kill that. Here we go. As I say, I'm 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 happy, and uh, I'm always happy. Andy and I are always happy. No, we don't. I pronounce. I pronounce. Yeah. 
hell is that about? So uh, the short story of it is, is it, uh, the short story of it is, as I said, we... Okay, anytime you're ready. Disappeared again. But I mean, and, and, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> I'm reading this too. I've got the script for this. Take two. Um, you know... So uh, you know the Western Star with the with the with the with a uh, stripper pole and a uh, a, uh, a mirror ball. Yeah, probably not a good thing to say that now. Now the other question I've got to answer. What I had the uh, I had the um, oh, I'm sorry I I, I I bit of an a bit of a throwaway. That's that. Um, I was going to say you're still recording. Ooh, leaving with leaving him with the. Um, uh, 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 <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you're a crack up sometimes. All right, here we go again. Bed, 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 bed. Sorry, mate. It's not my bloody morning. Well, there's, that's as I said. Very, 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 very. What? Oh, mate. So it's not. A, it's not. It's not. You know. The, 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 you, 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 <clears throat> But you do, you know, you do get it. Well, that's that's probably uh, where good, 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 good sort of experience. And uh, yeah, and everything's good. I want to have a look at a story from Tuesday, the twenty-second of June, which was run on the ABC Radio National Fran Kelly program. The reporter is Victoria Pangilly. Now, I'm trying to get hold of her so that we can have a bit of a chat with her. But the story features Frank Black. Now, we all know Frank. He's a truck driver, union guy. He's been around forever. He's a bit of an advocate like me. Michael Kane, the National Secretary of the Transport Workers Union, who for some reason doesn't want to talk to us. And Andreas Blahaus from the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator. Now, all of a sudden, they've discovered that AFM is a thing that we're allowed to do. They're talking about it like it's a new thing. It's not. It's been around for years. People have been able to do this for years. But all of a sudden, we've discovered that it's new. And they're talking about the trucky fatigue management plan, and it's being criticised as potentially unsafe. The short story of it is they want to let us have more hours on the eastern states, up to 16 hours driving. Now, I'll talk about it after you've heard the story. So this is directly from the RN Breakfast Show with Fran Kelly. It's unedited, and as they presented it, have a listen to the story, and we'll talk about it afterwards. Truck driver fatigue is a huge concern in Australia. The issue is linked to more than a third of truckies' deaths on the road. But a plan being spruiked by the heavy vehicle regulator to give operators more flexibility is being blasted by critics as being unsafe. The advanced fatigue management strategy will allow drivers on the road for up to 16 hours a day, with operators able to set their own hours of work and rest. But critics say the measures could actually make things worse for people on the roads. Victoria Pengilly has more. For truck driver Frank Black, his weekly routes across the country can be gruelling. The 61-year-old schedule sees him drive from Brisbane to Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide and sometimes even Perth. Often he's on the road for more than 12 hours a day. It's not uncommon to do your full 72 hours for the week. Sometimes you edge over it. If you were to actually be honest and take into account 
all the hours that you are doing, you know, you'd be over that 72. If you if you leave Brisbane to go to Sydney, by the time you drive through traffic from one thing and another, it's virtually close enough to a 12-hour run. So by the time you finish loading, you go out and load the truck, you're virtually over that 12 hours, easy. A new fatigue management plan put forward by the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator could soon see drivers like Frank Black on the road for up to 16 hours a day. The regulator says the proposal, which is one of three fatigue management strategies nationally, would allow companies and truck drivers more flexibility. Operators would let drivers set their own hours of work and rest instead of abiding by a prescribed regime and if they can provide an appropriate safety plan. Andreas Blahaus is a fatigue specialist at the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator. The drivers in AFM go to work having agreed with their boss that they will take whatever measures are appropriate to make sure that they have adequate sleep and rest before starting work that there's monitoring, control processes, mitigations, radio communications in place while they're driving and the ability to stop if they need to stop. And at the end of the day, they are given adequate time to recover from the work that they've just done. But the Transport Workers Union isn't so sure. The last thing we need is for the regulator to be going around and saying that drivers should be longer in the cab. There's only one way to manage fatigue and that's for drivers to be asleep. Michael Kane is the union's national secretary. He says drivers already face unrelenting pressure to deliver their loads on time. Well, in this industry, transport operators are under incredible pressure uh, to break the rules. They're under pressure because they're under the squeeze from those at the top of the supply chain, the retailers and the manufacturers that are reaping the economic benefit from this industry. And he says longer hours on the road could have deadly consequences. This is a very, very dangerous situation we have here. The only way to manage fatigue is to go to sleep. It's as simple as that. The science has been in now for decades. And what we've got is we've got the regulator teaching employers how to keep drivers on the road for longer. And the sum total of this, if this occurs in any broad-reaching way, is that we're going to have drivers on the road for longer. They won't be sleeping. They'll be tireder. They will fall asleep and people will die. According to the union, the new plan will put too much pressure on drivers to log their hours instead of relying on mandatory safety measures. But Andreas Blahaus disagrees. I don't think that it actually puts more pressure on people to have honest record, records, work and rest records. That's why we've done um, certain initiatives like the Electronic Work Diary, which has been implemented by the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator to improve record keeping across the Across the nation, it is really about having a genuine conversation between operator and drivers on the issues that they face out on the road, the plans that will allow them to actually mitigate any risks with those issues and the opportunity to recover after the work is done. So this plan isn't just to benefit commercial companies? Um, we, it, it's a very good point. We have several um, government agencies, for example, who have come to us because they like the disciplined approach and the seven principles that we've developed. Um, and it's very similar to things you'll see in other modes of transport. Should you be looking at other cases of safety issues in the industry, things like drivers not taking breaks or trucks not being maintained properly when things go wrong? Don't they have more of a role in managing the causes of fatigue? Um, we do keep an eye on the f issues that are actually causing fatigue-related crashes in Australia. And, in fact, we work with a number, a range of parties in that area. The Fatigue Choices campaign is about actually 
promoting an option which we believe to be safer, which we believe allows drivers and operators to have a meaningful conversation about what they need to do at work to protect themselves as well as other road users. A report released by the National Transport Insurance Company last year found the number of truck driver fatalities more than doubled in 2019 compared to any year over the past decade. The report also found 53 truck drivers died in the same year, with fatigue linked to 34% of the deaths. Michael Kane from the Transport Workers Union again. This is an industry where we've got 82% of drivers in a very large survey saying that they work more than 50 hours a week, one in five more than 60, and 10% saying they work over 80 hours a week. We don't want, when we're looking in our rear vision mirror, with our families going down the highway, we don't want to know that a driver behind us has been on the road for 80 hours. We want to know that they're trained, they're rested, they're properly paid. What are those relationships like between companies and truckies? Do you think they'd be able to say no to doing 16 hours? Well, transport operators themselves, many of these trucking companies, they're under incredible pressure to keep the contract stream with the economic hand that feeds them. And they simply won't say no. If the economic hand says you won't have a contract, unless you do this extra piece of work and you do it for less money. That's not much of a choice for them, otherwise they have to fold. And the consequence of that is that companies are forced to try and explore avenues to keep drivers on the road for longer periods of time. Uh, and that's a deadly recipe. Truck driver Frank Black says he has no plans to sign up to the new fatigue management plan just yet. It's not for the truckies. It wouldn't be for the truckies. This is more of a benefit for companies to get their freight in you know, in, in quicker times. How can you have a person stay stays awake, you know, for that period of time and still be safe? You know, common sense would tell me that if I've been awake for 24 hours, even though I might have only used 16 hours of that for driving, you know, it only gives me eight hours to maybe stop and have lunch and you haven't got much other time for the rest of the day. So you've been awake for 24 hours now. You, even if you're not driving and you're awake for 24 hours, you, you're tired. I don't care what anyone says. You're tired at that end of that 24-hour period. I can vouch for that. That's truck, dri truck driver Frank Black ending that report by Victoria Pengilly. I'm feeling a bit of a Groundhog Day thing happening here, Mike. Let me see if I've got it straight. Yep. The NHVR has a proposal that says promotes a safer and fairer system of work hours for drivers. Yep. The TWU says it will mean more hours behind the wheel for drivers, putting the operators under more pressure to break the rules. Yep. And it's unsafe and dangerous. Who do we believe, mate? <laughs> Why don't we believe the drivers? Sounds fair to me. That's the real question. Hmm. We've had this ABC story and everyone's talking about how this AFM thing that they're talking about, advanced fatigue management, is a new thing. I'm here to tell you, mate, that it's not a new thing. It's been around for a very, very long time. Hmm. And the issue is people haven't taken it up because it's been too complicated to take it up. You've got to try and provide all these risk management plans and all that sort of thing. Now, the reality of it is... We already work or have the ability to work in the eastern states 14 hours a day. Yep. You have 17 hours to do it mm -hmm. and you're allowed to do 14 hours of work or driving or whatever. But once you push the go button for the day, you've got 17 hours and you're only allowed to work those 14 hours in any 24-hour period. Yep. And to me, I can't for the life of me see why anyone would want to work more than 14 hours in a 24-hour period, mm. period. I really can't. Mm. So over here in the West, it's a little bit different. 
I'm allowed to do up to 17 hours a day, but it's limited. You're only allowed to do 15 hours a day or 45 hours in every 72 hours. Okay. So that means that sort of limits you to 15 hours a day, really. Mm. But where you've got a bit of flexibility, you can go to 17 hours one day, you can do 11 hours the next day, and you can use extra hours on the next day. As long as you don't go more than 17 hours and as long as you don't use more than 45 hours in a three-day period. I know all this is very complicated and it's probably a little bit hard for the uninitiated to follow. Yeah. As a professional driver, we have work limits, time limits, so things we're allowed to do. Mm. On the eastern states, we're using electronic work diaries and we're using paper diaries to work everything out. Over here in the west, we use a daily worksheet and believe me... People think that over here in the West, it's the wild, wild West and you can get away with anything you like. I'm here to tell you that you can't. Mm. You just can't. Mm. It's not policed in the same way. The actual police force over here don't really have any input at all in occupational health and safety management the same way as they do on the East Coast. So they won't pull you up and look for your logbook here. Yep. What they do do is police just enforce traffic. So on the West Coast here, it's very, very different. Mm. Now, I have some theories The first theory I have about this is that the NHVR want to be national, truly national. Mm. And one of the big sticking points is that over here in the West, we're saying, well, we've got greater flexibility to do what we do over here. We really don't want that 14-hour work diary over here. It interferes with the way things are done. Yep. And we don't want to be that prescriptive. Drivers need a little bit more flexibility. So what the NHVR are doing by wheeling this thing out, I think, are getting themselves closer to a Western Australian Northern Territory position so that when they go to the negotiating table, they can say, look, we did this. Now, I may well be wrong about that, Mm. but that's just the way it smells to me. Well, the NHVR claims it won't be putting on more pressure. They cite improved record keeping with electronic work diaries and Mm. that it will mean drivers and operators can work together to reduce the risk issues, (laughs) allowing for adequate recovery time and promoting a safer option to the current system. That's their defence. I struggle with that, mate. I really do. I Mm. really do. Mm. How can, they're talking about guys being able to go 16 hours a day, right? Yep. So when you think about it, 16 hours a day in three days... That's 48 hours, mate. That's three hours more than you can do here in Western Australia legally. Yeah. How is that safer? Yeah. We're talking about fatigue. Now, we've only got to look at the numbers that came from the reports that NTI produced about how many people are dying on the road with respect to fatigue. Mm. We're talking about fatigue management technology like the seeing machine. Yep. And others like it. We are so focused on fatigue... And yet somehow or another, the NHVR are now saying, oh, we can actually sit in the cab there for extra hours every day now and it helps manage fatigue. Mm. I just don't get that. It doesn't make any sense. There's only one way, and this is where it gets really scary because now I'm going to agree with Michael Caine. (laughs) That's it. The world as we know it has come to an end. I'm in the twilight zone, mate. Mm. Well... He cites a driver survey that shows that yeah. some drivers are already working up to and even over 80 hours a week already. Absolutely. Says that under the proposal, it will become far more dangerous, even suggesting that these tired, and, and this is this is big talk, yeah. suggesting that these tired and unrested drivers could become potential killers on the road. Yeah, but he's right. Mm. He's right. Fatigue accidents are the killers. Think about it, mate. Sitting behind the wheel of, uh, you know, a 64 and a half ton missile going down the Eam Highway. Yep. Or any highway in the land. Mm. Cruise control set, heaters on, 
three o'clock in the morning, you're at the bottom of your circadian rhythm. Sorry, at the bottom of your what? At the bottom of your circadian rhythm. That's what I thought you said. Mm. What is your circadian rhythm, mate? Well, your body's got a you know a biorhythm. Okay. The times when your body believes you should be awake and when your body believes you should be asleep, basically. Okay, I'm with you. Yep. So people respond differently. And the first reality, I suppose, is not everyone's the same. You've got guys that can sit there and you can they can do it quite happily and you've got other guys that just can't. Mm. When I'm driving, I don't know why, but you know, about 3, 3.30 in the afternoon, the sun's getting lower and getting a bit warm in the cab and I'm tooling along and that's when I get a little bit doughy. That's when I look for a parking bay to have an hour, you know? Mm. And I wake up and I'm perfectly fine. The thing is that we keep changing the rules to satisfy the corporates and the freight forwarders and the companies. It's the drivers who are at the end of all this. Yep. It's, after all, the drivers that are losing their lives on the road, mm. trying to satisfy the motivations of everyone else. Yeah. The NHVR, I think, by rolling this little policy out, are trying to provide a bit of legal cover for what other people want to happen. Mm. that's a very long way around for me saying, well, you know, we've got the situation where you've got drivers who are wasting time sitting waiting in queues to load, right? Mm. But if we stretch out the hours in the day, it might not necessarily be driving, Yep. but we stretch out the hours in the day these guys can do, then they can fit in a little bit more driving to cover for all the other stuff that's gone wrong in their day, the hold-ups in the traffic and the roadworks and the bad weather and all that sort of stuff that affects your day. And if we give them a couple more hours in the day, they can legally do it and everyone can say, oh, it's all legal, it's all safe, we're managing people's fatigue. Yep. I call bullshit. Yeah. I really do. And you look at the situation there where you had an old mate there in the truck from North Queensland saying how many hours it takes him to go to Perth and he does this round-trip run every week. I don't know, but... It's all right to keep this sort of stuff up for you know a week, or two weeks, or three weeks, but when you start doing it for four, five, six weeks or more, mm. we're humans. We're not machines. Yep. And old mate from the NHBR, Andreas, he's saying that you know we're building in time for people to rest. My question then is where? Yeah. And where is the rest happening? We sacrifice enough. Forty-five hours in three days over here in the Western Australia. That's a full-time job. It's more than a full-time job. Yeah. And your mate Michael Kane too says it's all driven by trying to keep up with the contract stream and yeah. saying no is not an option as they'll pull the contract from them and give it to someone else. So they look for other ways of keeping drivers on the road for longer. Absolutely. Look, I know from my time as an owner-driver, mm. you were always looking at what was going on. You were looking at what the freight rates were and trying to work out whether it actually made sense to do a job or not. Mm. But unfortunately, sometimes someone that you carted freight for occasionally would say to you, hey, uh, Mick, we need that to be there. We need it to be there in the morning, and we need you to make that happen for us. Mm. It was never said, oh, look, if you don't get that done, yep. your relationship with us will suffer. Mm. But it was... <laughs> Implied. <laughs> Everyone knows that's the way it goes. Mm. Drivers, owner-drivers, have always been the low-hanging fruit. Always. Mm. And you're always been the one that's been at the butt end of any bad thing that happens. Yep. This was one of the things. This is why Glenn goes on about the RSRT. This is why he's had transport inquiry. This is why we need to look at this sort of stuff. There needs to be some regulations with some teeth mm. to stop people like Tulls screwing drivers and doing things the way they do. 
they don't care. Yeah. They really don't care. And anyone that thinks they do is fooling themselves. Mm. Well, Frank Black, the driver that's noted in the ABC story there, Frank says he doesn't want to sign up to the new fatigue management plan just yet, yep. saying that it's all about benefiting the, the transport operators and there's nothing in it for the drivers. And, and now I'm agreeing with Frank Black. Yeah. It's, it's scary. You know, life as we know it on the road is not the easiest thing to do. Mm. Long-distance drivers are, I don't know, I suppose I'd call it, you'd have to call them a, a breed apart, the guys that truly love it. Mm. They get out there and they do it and you know, they pretty much love what they do. But to say that it's without cost to their health, I mean, there's a whole range of different pressures going on here. Remember, we were just talking about the other day, the story about we need to improve our health and we need to get out and do things. And now the NHVR are saying, oh, it's okay to sit behind the wheel for 16 hours a day. Mm. Where do you fit in, you know, go for a walk? Yep. Talking about having the dog in the truck to get out of the truck and go for a walk. Where do you fit this in? Yeah, we talk about heart attacks and you know all those cardiac issues, obesity. It's all backed around the sedentary lifestyle, the poor food choices that you have on the road. Yep. And you can bet your ass, as soon as this AFM model that the NHVR are now pushing becomes commonplace, if they make it easier to do, there will be schedulers that run overnight freight or market mm. who will then start to schedule trips using that 16 hours as a model. Yep. You know, whereas they're supposed to use 12 now and they, they moved it to 14. No, no, we schedule for 14 hours now. We schedule you to do over 1,000 kilometres in a day. That means if you want to do over 1,000 kilometres in a day and you're on a 14-hour book, you need to bloody average over 75 kilometres an hour every hour. Yeah. Tell me that doesn't put any pressure on anyone. Well, that's right. We'll be back right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. The NHVR keeps saying that it's uh, it's all about promoting that conversation. Mm. I love that word, that conversation between the drivers and management yep. to come to agreement on terms and, and safety aspects. Yep. The reality would suggest that that's probably not going to happen so much. Ah, oh, well... It amazes me, mate, that we just keep swallowing all this stuff. Mm. And as I've written over and over again and said over and over again, it's all about the motivations. Have a think about who benefits. Yeah. Qui bono, mate. Yeah. The old Roman Latin, you know, qui bono, to whose benefit. Yeah. So obviously with the current system we've got, mm. there are inconsistencies across the country. Of course there are, yep. As you were saying before, the difference between the eastern states and WA and so on. Yep. So... If we look at the current system as it stands and we look at this fatigue choices campaign that the NHVR are promoting, 
Where do we go from here? Is there a combination of the two that would work? Are we better off where we were? Do we need a whole rethink of it all over again? It doesn't seem that this is clarifying anything. It just seems this is muddying the water even more. Yeah, well, just my view. Yep. You know, I believe that we would be better off if we had a national system where all the laws were all consistent right across the country. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Well, we're a big country, but we're a small group, really, a small population. Mm. There needs to be a standard for what's allowed. If I'm compliant in Western Australia, then I should be compliant in New South Wales, you know? Well, it's not like they're separate countries, mate. <laughs> the issues that you face in the, the wild, wild west, as you said, mm. and the issues that are faced by drivers on the East Coast and South Australia and Northern Territory and Tasmania, yeah. they're all the same issues. Yeah, well, that's right. Mm. The fact is that we need consistency across uh, the different states, and that gives drivers the ability to move from one place to another and not get caught out with stupidity either. I mean, classic example, you've got guys that go from the west coast to the east coast who don't have to run a logbook over here in the west, but as soon as they get to the border at WA, they have to fill out their logbook and be compliant, Mm. and then you've got all the cameras and all that sort of stuff that are tracking everything that they do on the east coast and they've got to run with a completely different system to what we use here in western australia for the whole time they're on the east coast Mm. and then all of a sudden once you cross that magical line then things go back the other way it doesn't make any sense it really doesn't make any sense Mm. so who's responsible for this fragmentation i mean is this because there's a federal input into it there's state inputs into it Mm. there seem to be so many different bodies that have so many fingers in the one big pie Yep. Why can't we have a federal system? <laughs> we'll have to ask Barnaby that one, mate. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the fact is that the states are responsible for what goes on within their borders, and that's always been the case. Mm. The states have grown up around, this is what we need to do, or we need to take a pragmatic view here and let that happen, and whatever it is, yep. the laws around you know, the population levels and the safety levels and the roads, these whole things have framed the laws as they stand in each state. Yep. And now we're at the point where communication and transport is such that we probably would benefit more from a homogenous system across the country. Yep. But without putting too fine a point on it, there's a little empire in every state yep. that's got their small amount of control on whatever it is, and they resist input from other people. I mean, it's just the same in transport as in any other industry. These people are responsible for that, and that's the way it is. And if you don't like it, don't come here. Well, it seems to be, from the conversations we've had with our friends in North America, it seems to be the same there, doesn't it? Yep. You know, you cross a state border. Yep. And the rules change and the regulations change (laughs) in, I think, many more ways than they do here. Mm. Is this our problem? Have we adopted that American system of governance in transport? Oh, I don't think so. I think that the situation is such that these various rules have grown up in different states. I mean, there was a time when, particularly with changes in lengths of trailers and axle combinations where you had different weight limits when you crossed borders, Hmm. a lot of that in the eastern states has sort of disappeared. But there are still problems. And more than that, there are problems with the way rules, laws are interpreted. Now, I am not going to sit here and tell you that the NHBR is fantastic. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're the bad guys either. Hmm. NHBR and the National Heavy Vehicle Law, as it is on the East Coast in South Australia, is responsible probably for some great improvements as far as consistency across the various states are concerned. But there are still even inconsistencies between Queensland and New South Wales with respect to logbooks and counting. 
we need people to get onto the same page. In transport, it's just next to impossible, like herding cats, mate. Yep. There are too many diverse interests and motivations, and that's been the problem the whole way along. That's why we've got a stagnant licensing system. That's why the NHBR can come out and say this sort of stuff. And we'll argue about it, and we'll talk about it like we are now. Mm. And in two weeks' time, there'll be something else to argue about. Yeah, That's the way it's been going since the 70s. Well, maybe St. Barnaby will be the saviour of the system, Matt. Uh, and maybe he won't. <laughs> I don't think we should be holding our breath on that one. <laughs> I certainly won't hold my breath, although you know, some people might think that I should. <laughs> mm. The thing that worries me the most about the way things are Mm. and the way they're going, mm. is that the drivers are the ones that are the focus of all the enforcement. doesn't matter really where you are in the country. You, if you're a driver, then you know, you're the focus of the enforcement. You're the one that the police are pulling in to do the random check. You're the one that's going over the Weybridge at Maroolan or any other Weybridge. Mm-hmm. You're the one that uh, seems to be responsible if the boss hasn't registered your trailer and you haven't noticed that it's your fault. Yeah. You're the one, if there's a brake booster hanging off the back, even if it's a drop-deck trailer and it's all enclosed all the way around, somehow or another you're supposed to have done a full mechanical inspection of your truck before you took off. You're the one that's responsible for that. And then there's an accident on the road somewhere, you've run over a car or whatever, and you know, you're responsible for that. The speed limiter thing, I mean, look at that video of that clown in the caravan there the fellow's overtaking he just not even near the end of the overtaking line the caravan moves over and yeah yeah truck can't get past he's being held up and i mean this is all the pressure that that comes to bear on the drivers yeah it's all the unwritten stuff yeah this driver is speed limited 100 yeah now we trust a p-plater with a wrx that can do 240 kilometers an hour to obey the speed limit mm but not a professional driver with thousands of hours of experience and hundreds of thousands of kilometres under his belt. Yep. Driving a machine that he drives for a living, but he can't be trusted to have the ability to do 105 in 110 zone or whatever to overtake a caravan. Yeah. We expect him to comply with the law. We expect him to comply with the logbook. We expect him to comply with the fatigue. We expect him to do all this other stuff. The freight management people would expect him to get his load in on time. Yep. And we've got healthy heads and all that sort of stuff saying, well, we need to think about the stress on the drivers. Yeah. Okay, they're thinking about it, but no one else is. And I think the biggest issue of all, as you just pointed out there before, with all the focus directed on that driver's group as a whole and the people that have the least say in what can be done to rectify the issues. Mm, That's right. The objects of that focus, the drivers themselves. That's right. And when you get pulled up because, you know, you've forgotten to turn the long vehicle sign round on the back of your B-double mm. and the highway patrol car comes up behind you heading towards Pheasant's Nest, you've just taken off from Sydney, he wheels you in, he said, oh, mate, you haven't turned that sign around. That's, you know, operating a PM2 vehicle in contravention of the Act. Yeah. And slaps you with a $659 fine for that one. Thank you very much. What road safety purpose has been solved there? I really don't get it. Yep. You know, when really what should happen is it should say, I'll oh, turn that sign around when you make no worries, have a quick look at him and away you go. We end up with a bloke getting a fine. Now, the reality of that fine, and I've said this before, it's more than a day's pay. Yep. It's the mortgage not paid. It's the grocery bill not paid. It's the kids' school fees not paid. It's a double whammy. Yep. And somehow or another, they think that we can encourage young drivers to come in and say, well, that's okay, I can put up with that. There are so many things that need a common sense approach in this industry that don't have any common sense backing them up. 
That's right. And the motivation is not there to change it. Well, mate, I'm sure that Mr. Joyce is a regular listener to our podcast. So, um, <laughs> Barnaby, there you go. You know what exactly you got to do now. Get into it. I know Glenn Steele is a regular listener, and uh, I'm sure Glenn will pass my phone number on to him. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. All right, mate. I'll probably get off before I blow a gasket, mate. It's one of those things that just frustrates the hell out of me. Cheers, buddy. See ya. signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost efficient large format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412-105-151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you? Really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. Driving a truck for a living can take its toll in lots of different ways. It's a tough gig that demands a lot from drivers and their families, both physically and mentally. Long periods away from home, tight deadlines and constant time pressures can make life on the road pretty challenging. And when you're an owner-driver, there's a business to run too. But drivers have a special strength of character, working hard to get the job done, to deliver on time and to support their families. Like our trucks, our bodies and minds need regular attention too. Sounds obvious, right? But when it comes to taking care of ourselves, it's not always that easy, especially when you don't know what's around the next bend. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. They care about you and hear it on the road, so do we. Health in Gear is a program for drivers with a range of small actions that can help you to feel healthier and happier on the road and at home. They can share with you the small things that can make a big difference, keeping you well and keeping the wheels turning. Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds is all about providing people in the logistics industry with what they need to support their mental health and well-being. 
You've got friends you haven't met yet who are there for a chat whenever you might feel the need to talk to someone who understands and cares. Visit Health in Gear, Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds, Beyond Blue or Lifeline. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. We all genuinely share the same sentiment when we say, take care of yourselves, guys. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. I see him fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. So let the truth be told. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. You can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. News time. <laughs> news time. Mate, so I'm, I'm going to break with tradition a little bit here. Right, yeah. I've actually got some early breaking news for you, so I, I need your sound effect, please. Beep, 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 beep. There you go. Okay. It wasn't on the Big Rigs news feed, I'm afraid, wasn't but it? it was on the internet, so it must be true. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Apparently, every year at Christmas time at Parliament House in Canberra, they put on a nativity scene in the foyer. Right. Now, they've just announced that this year it won't be happening for the first time ever. Okay. No matter how hard they tried, they couldn't find three wise men and a virgin. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I was talking to someone the other day. Mm. And he asked me what my favourite vampire was. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, you know, the, the one on the Muppets. Oh, yeah. And he said to me, he doesn't count. And I just said to him, mate, I assure you he does. Mm. Well, that was as flat as, okay. Hang on, I'm just trying to get that. <laughs> he says he doesn't count. No, oh, I get it. The count. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God, oh dear. Yeah, well, that's no worse than any of mine, I guess. Uh, I'll tell you what, since I've been off work, mate, I've been taking to playing dangerous games. Mm. Yeah, the game at the moment is I'm trying to see how long I can go without coffee. Without coffee? Yeah, without go without coffee. Play dangerous games. I've been trying to see how long I can go without coffee. Madness. It is madness. Yeah. It's an extreme sport, let me tell you. For those around me, anyway. <laughs> I'll bet. Well, mate, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you get better real soon. (laughs) All right, let's get into it, mate. The former director of a wet hire road-based logistics and lifting services business operating down the East Coast has been found guilty of fraud and sent to prison. Yeah, we talked about this ages ago. Yeah. Crane Trucks RS director Fred Muhammad has finally been found guilty. Three counts of fraud and sentenced to imprisonment. Now, this bloke went down the chute. Mm. He owed... I think it was $6.2 million to 198 creditors. Not pocket money. Oh, mate, just a disgrace. So anyway, ASIC have nailed him. He's gone, and he's been done with uh, three separate accounts of dishonesty. Uh, he withdrew 256000 from the company account and thought he'd just you know, get away with that and bought himself a Range Rover. Hmm. You know, why wouldn't you? Yeah. So hope he enjoys his stay in jail, mate. So there you go. In the big house, yeah. Yeah. Mate, a truckie has sent dashcam video footage to police which showed a frighteningly near miss on a South Australian highway. 
mate, you've got to see this to believe it. Yeah. You have a look at this Toyota Camry overtaking a truck. It's on a road out near Malala, between Malala and Balaclava, which is just north of Adelaide. Hmm. And if you're a V8 fan, you've probably heard of Malala. But anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> he's out there. It's an 80K two-lane road. I'll wait and this Camry gets out and goes around him and stays on the right-hand side of the road and nearly has a head-on with a four-wheel drive coming the other way. You've really got to see the video to appreciate how stupid it is. Go to the Big Rigs webpage and have a look, mm. and you'll just be amazed. Now, people are saying that this guy was probably under the mistaken belief it's two-way, you know, like a divided road. Yep. I don't know how you possibly could be, because that's just not the way it is. There's not even a bit of two-way road before it, I don't think. Yeah. I think it's far more likely it's someone that's used to driving on the other side of the road myself. But anyway, yeah. Um, well, I was just thinking that American or European tourist or something. Well, brand new Camry sounds like a rental to me. It does, doesn't it? Have a look at the video. You'll just sit there, be gobsmacked. I mean, he's on the wrong side of double lines, for God's sake. Mm. You know? Mm. Anyway, it's just crazy. Have a look. Yeah, it is. Worth a watch. Now, we had a news story last week regarding the tough new directives aimed at subbies at a Brisbane distribution centre. Yeah. And Glenn Stirl has spoken out about it, saying that it's a prime example of why the industry needs an update of the Road Safety Remuneration Tribunal. Yep. As far on the right-hand side of the fence as I am, Mm. I've got to agree with Glenn Stirl on this. This is becoming a bit of a habit with you, you know. It's bloody scary, mate. I reckon there's something in the water over here. (laughs) He's cast his spell on you. Yeah, no, well, the trouble with it is is that, I mean, he even freely acknowledges that the original RSRT wasn't presented very well and the education surrounding it really wasn't very good. Yeah. And people got the wrong end of the stick. And when they get the wrong end of the stick, they get scared. Yep. And when they get scared, they cry. And when they cry, sometimes politicians see that there might be a vote in it, yeah. which is exactly what Malcolm Turnbull did at the time. Mm-hmm. He used that as a trigger for a double dissolution election, mm-hmm. which Labor subsequently lost, and the RSRT was gone just like that. Yeah. Now, the worst part about that is, from my point of view anyway, I hate to admit that I was one of the people that barked loudly and smiled the most when that happened. Yeah. And this is where you get to hear me say, once again, I was wrong about that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, lap that up, listeners. It doesn't happen very often. Well, I don't know, mate. Ask my ex-wife. <laughs> she can tell you. <laughs> I thought I was wrong once, but it turned out I was mistaken. Yeah. Mm. Now, Glenn's talking about RSRT version 2, and there should be some people that would be happy about that. From a, an objective point of view, Labor are in opposition at the moment. I can't see the other side bringing an RSRT back in, particularly after they spent so much effort shooting it in the head before. Yep. And unfortunately, I think some things would really need to change. That doesn't mean to say that we can't fix the industry. There's one guy there now, as a result of what Toll and Coles have done, who's basically left after many years at the DC at Parkinson there. Mm. It's going to get worse before it gets better. This stuff really shouldn't be allowed. The ACCC should really be getting stuck into this. Glenn said that there are exemptions that can be had for owner drivers and small contractors to form a coalition, I suppose, and uh, negotiate. Mm. They don't have anyone else representing them. The TWU is strangely silent on all of this sort of stuff. Mm. It's a grey area, apparently. Yeah. I thought the union's role was to go and make things black and white, but apparently not. Yep. So let's see what happens. We do need to start to look at how these things happen in the first place, the decisions that that make and what we can do about it. Yeah. And the sad thing is there's a lot of good people that are going to get hurt in the process. Little people get hurt, mate. That's the worst part. Yeah. 
All right, mate, for our big news story for this week, in two words, I can make a statement that will cause some people to cheer and celebrate, mm. and at the same time will trigger others to shake their heads in disbelief and declare the end of the world is nigh. Yes. Those two words, Barnaby's back. Barnaby's back. Big bad Barnaby. Mm. So he's back as the Minister for Infrastructure, Transport and Regional Development, which is the portfolio that normally goes along with the Nationals' deputy leadership role, and that's where he's come back. Look, Barnaby spent a few years in the wilderness. He's been very outspoken on transport issues in the past. He's always been a bit of a supporter. Mm. I could get all political and say I question the pool of talent that we have this revolving door and it doesn't really seem to matter what you do, you just get to come back. Mm. I don't dislike Barnaby at all. As I say, he's been a supporter. He's been a, a great advocate for transport and rural Australia, and I honestly think that's why he got the nod to come back and have another go. Let's see what happens. I'm going to send an email. I'm going to see if I can get Barnaby to come on the show and tell us what his plans are for transport. Let's see if I even get an answer. Yeah, I reckon you might just snag that one. Yeah, oh, well, we'll see how we go, mate. Let's wait and see what happens. Now, beep, 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 beep. I've got my own breaking news story. Oh, more breaking news. I know, this has just appeared. Yeah. It just seems that truckies have been overlooked in the latest priority immigration list. You know how they have the people that come on as required jobs that will give people priority to immigrate to Australia? Yeah. So it's called the PMSOL list, the PEMSOL list, Primary Migration Skilled Occupation List. Truckies aren't on it for the first time in a long time. Mm. If you're an accountant or a tax accountant or something, the first three jobs, tax accountant, account management, and general accountants are the biggest three jobs. Right. We don't have the 457 visa scheme anymore. That was sort of knocked over in 2017. Mm. But given the driver shortages, given the stagnation of the licensing system, given the fact that the only answer we seem to have is make combinations bigger and increase work hours, we're going to talk about that more, I'm sure. Mm. There's no area in there to bring drivers in from overseas. It would be nice if we got some people from overseas who could fit into our system. That's another issue altogether. Yeah. But what do we do? We can't grow them on our own. Mm. The insurance companies, there are so many hurdles to try and get someone trained to drive a big truck these days. Yep. These issues have been going on forever, mate. And yet here we are. We've missed out on being on the list. There you go. Yeah. Well, man, I had to laugh talking about foreign drivers and what I had to laugh was watching one of those UK trucking shows on telly last night. Mm. And it was a guy heading, I think, from London into uh, the south of Wales with a, a massive earth-moving machine on the back of his truck. Yep. Of course, when he crossed the border into Wales, it started bucketing down rain, which it always does in Wales. Mm. And he was saying how he welcomes it because it, it's so much kinder on his tyres <laughs> because it cools the tyres down. Yep. And they have such an issue with tyres getting hot. And I was thinking, really, in the UK? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy, if they only knew what hot tyres really are. Yeah. <laughs> Once you bit outback truckers, mate, see some hot tyres. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, mate, uh, that's us, I think, for this week. Of course, uh, as per usual, I have my tips for the week for you. Okay. So first one, if life was fair, Elvis would still be alive and all the impersonators would be dead. <laughs> yeah, bloody oath. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Well, that would wreck a thing at parks every year anyway. That would upset some people, but anyway. Yeah. And the second one, one of the best gifts you can give to your children is to make sure they have all the things you couldn't afford. Right. Then move in with them. 
It's true. I, yeah, yeah. I promised my daughter when she bought a new car, the first thing I was going to do was sit in the back seat and fog up the windows and draw smiley faces. <laughs> and uh, maybe put some chewing gum in the back ashtray, but they don't have ashtrays in them anymore. So. No, that's true. Rub the ice creams around on the seats too. Yep, it's all good. Mm. All right, buddy. Have a good one. You take care, buddy. We'll see you. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Hey, everyone. Kermie here. Hope you're travelling well, staying safe and on the right side of the white line, by which, of course, I mean the left. I also hope you're tuning in to the On The Road podcasts with Mike and Andy, because if you're not, two things will happen. One, you'll be missing out on some great interviews, a good few laughs, and what's generally going on out there in truckland. Uh, what's the other thing? Ah, that's it. You won't have heard this plug for On The Road. Hmm. Okay then, so, those of you who are already on here, go and tell your mates about On The Road. They can find it on Spotify or iTunes at On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. But you knew that, didn't you? Because you're already... Yeah, look, just go and sell them, okay? Cheers and take care of you. something to talk about but today it's more like questions i'd like to ask here on the podcast we want to be the independent voice for all the drivers we want to be able to ask questions we want to get information we want to do things we want to inform and educate and help you get your voice out there and get the information into your ears that's what it's all about so today what i'd like to do is i'd like to ask you what questions do you want asked who do you want the questions asked of? I'd like people to jump onto the email, mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au and send me your questions and who you'd like me to ask the questions of. Then I'll do my best to run those things down. We can talk about it on the show and you know we can even probably get some of these people on for interviews and get some information about the stuff that interests and affects you. That's what it's all about. So that's my something to talk about today. Tell us what you'd like to know and we will get to the bottom of it for you if we possibly can. Keep it safe out there and we'll see you on the road. For our regular listeners, you'd be familiar by now with the theme music you just heard. It's the song Something to Talk About by the Queen of Blues slide guitar and that unmistakable gorgeous voice of Bonnie Raitt. It got me thinking about one of her other great songs. When asked what it is that makes them want to keep hitting the road, many truckies claim it must be that they have a little gypsy blood running through their veins. So here's the incomparable Bonnie Raitt with Gypsy in Men.
that brings us to the end of another On The Road show brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. For more On The Road news and additional features, visit our website at www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Be sure to join us same time next week. In the meantime, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road are great believers in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in 100% agreement with the views and opinions of our guests and contributors, we firmly support their right to hold and express those opinions.